Hello, and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Jeff Lee, editor of Cargo Facts. And today I'm joined again by Jim Edgar's senior consultant at Cargo Facts Consulting, to discuss the latest happenings at this week's Farnborough International Airshow. Jim, welcome back. Thanks so much, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be with you. So we've been um, rather busy uh, these past four days um, here in England, the Farm Rare Show, and uh, you know, the whole world has been hearing of all the, the developments uh, and announcements going on here. Um, and we'll talk about those in a second. But just as a general point, what do you remember from your days attending this show? Well, of course, the, the work that goes into it ahead of time is always a key factor because uh, historically, both Airbus and, and Boeing, and now, of course, uh, uh, Embraer as well, but uh, all of the OEMs and the suppliers <clears throat> um, kind of try to save um, their uh, significant news for the air shows. So behind the scenes, there's an awful lot of work that goes into it in terms of making sure that uh, the wording, the precise announcement and statement for different deals that are put together. And that, you know, like I said, that goes all the way from the OEMs to um, the smallest supplier because uh, a lot more than just aircraft orders are announced as we saw this past week. Um, a lot of very interesting developments in terms of uh, uh, concepts, sustainability, um, power plants, uh, you know, an awful lot of announcements way beyond just uh, aircraft orders. So a lot, a lot goes into these air shows and especially this one, since this is the first one, you know, live since mm -hmm. COVID. Right. And I was going to say actually one other thing um, or challenge is just the, the timing of um, these various you know, signings, ceremonies, and, and all that, because one, you're trying to avoid um, clashing with another um, possibly competing uh, deal or, or an announcement. Um, but also, one thing I found was um, some of the these events actually clashed with the uh, the flying displays. Um, so <laughs> there's you do have to really plan your your day well, and you don't have to know exactly where you have to be and when, and just you know be there, then immediately you know beeline off to somewhere else. Um, but we did manage to catch uh, some of the flying displays in between, and so this uh, you know this was all very exciting. And let, I mean, let's just run through some of the highlights and I think funnily enough one major highlight was from Thursday because we had cargo lux um, of course and all 747 operator signing up um, or at least committing to the new 777-AF with an unknown number and this was an interesting um, announcement in itself because there really weren't any details and I tried to get in touch with Cargolux. They said they couldn't give me any more details at this stage. Um, but I think what was important um, was basically for Boeing to, to say that Cargolux is, is endorsing the 777-AF, right? Yeah, and as I mentioned, the, <clears throat> the OEMs and suppliers have to be very careful <clears throat> with their announcements that they um, state things accurately. And this one in particular uh, regarding uh, Cargolux was a little unusual in that uh, it didn't use the words that we're more familiar with 
<clears throat> memorandum of understanding. Um, a, um, of course, it wasn't finalized at all or a firm order. So the, the nomenclature that we're accustomed to hearing in relation to an, an aircraft order were not there. It was just uh, simply that Cargolux had, had made their selection. So I, I have no idea exactly what that means, except that I'm very sure that had Boeing not received approval for that particular uh, wording, uh, they wouldn't have done it. So uh, my guess is they're very sure um, and that the, the deal uh, will go through, but it was a little bit different than what we're used to in the past in terms of uh, um, positioning exactly what the, what the situation was. So, but right, certainly- it was also um, kind of like a, almost like a hidden uh, surprise, the very last major announcement, uh, um, certainly on the commercial side. Um, and I bet they were eager to um, at least hash out some of the, the details you know, to the point that they could tell the public that um, this was happening. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that was obviously a good good endorsement for the new um, 777-8F. Uh, another kind of highlight for me was the was the Havland of Canada uh, launching a convert or a, a range of conversions for the Dash 8 400. Um, and Along the same vein, we had Ethiopian Airlines um, signing up to be what, probably the first um, operator of the large cargo door version of um, the Dash 8 400. Um, I think, you know, given that Ethiopian already has a, a large passenger fleet of the, the Q400s, um, and the fact that they've been just expanding their, their freighter fleet on all fronts, um, I think it wasn't that much of a surprise that they um that they're so keen on, on getting these regional turboprop freighters i think that um you know on our consulting side cargo fast consulting we have been very clear of the impact of uh e-commerce and the um, high growth rates and the proliferation of uh, e-commerce service and i think really that both uh the announcements by de Havilland as well as uh all of the uh narrow body uh, jet aircraft um, announcements um, during the week are testimony to the fact that e-commerce is really um, playing a significant role in fueling uh, aircraft conversions um, and uh, thus freighters uh, aren't just limited to uh, large wide bodies or even uh, narrow bodies, but uh, getting into the regional turboprops um, so I, I think this is a function of uh, what e-commerce is doing to the industry and, and its impact um, into even the smallest of the uh, freighter aircraft. Right, because um, obviously you know, Africa is such a huge continent and there aren't just that, aren't that many uh, freight operators, you know, flying around there and some, a lot of airports are, are aren't big enough for the conventional freighter jets. So I think we will continue to see um, either Ethiopian get, adding more or, or other um, African operators looking more closely at um, regional uh, turboprops. And speaking of regional freighters, um, we actually had uh, Astral Aviation in Kenya um, 
signing up or committing to the new Embraer EU190 free token versions. Um, and I was able to talk to Sanjeev at uh, Astral, and he said that um, yeah, that he he want, he liked the uh, range of the E190. And uh, what's interesting is that he he said that he had been uh, talking to Embraer for a number of years about um, a possible uh, EJet free token version. Um, and I was also able to talk to Embraer here at the show. Um, and they are, they say they're seeing a lot of interest um, and that they, I mean, they're, they're really excited about this program. And I think they, they think that it fills that gap between um, obviously, you know, the smaller turbo props and um, kind of some of the larger 737s, um, as well as fulfilling that replacement function for some older uh, classics like the 737-300s. So uh, yeah, this is a really interesting program, isn't it, for Embraer to now be in the free token version market as well. Yeah, and, and over the last several weeks, especially, there have been different statements, and of course, we've read articles and uh, about this and about Embraer's interest in uh, getting involved <clears throat> more heavily in freighters. So this would just be a a natural conclusion to this in terms of uh, getting into that market and uh, that was that was a significant development and announcement for them yeah and I, I think you know generally we've seen um, all this activity in the in the regional uh, freighter space and it's it is really interesting now we have all these um, new uh, new programs and new freighter types coming in um, so this obviously is is where um, a lot of the growth is at. Um, but going back to um, something that we've seen for a while now, it's, you know, 737-800s. Um, of course, we had a few deals involving this type as well. Um, for example, BVAM, um, already one of the largest customers for the 737-800 BCF, um, adding yet more. Um, and they, they say they Actually, they already have customers, um, and they've they've got more customers than they have aircraft available. So, um, yeah, more seven three seven NGs. Yeah, and and of course, uh, IAEI uh, announced their STC from EASA, uh, Georgian Airlines, some BCFs, and and AirCap for Goal, some BCFs. So. Uh, really, every segment uh, was pretty active uh, in terms of the air show, and I think it's fair to say that we haven't seen um, the number uh, uh, or uh, in terms of announcements or even number of aircraft in this segment uh, in the standard body and certainly not in the regional, either jet or uh, turboprop. So um, this is going to be something that we need to get accustomed to, a lot of activity as uh, as the e-commerce uh, trickles down and and uh, speed and reliability are a premium for e-commerce and distances uh, become an issue so that uh, dedicated trucking can't really be effectively uh, employed in that uh, segment. So I think this is something that uh, definitely is a is a high growth segment for our industry um, rather than just the the wide body uh, market. Yeah, and. Um, of course, we had uh, Georgian Airlines as well. Um, we've talked to them before, but now they're, um, they're adding 737-800-BCFs of their own too. So just, yeah, a, a whole range of 
expansions. Um, so this clearly is a sign of, of just the sentiment and confidence um, on the part of you know all these operators and, and lessors. Um, just you know, where do you see the, the freighter market heading? We actually had um, the manufacturers uh, releasing their market forecasts, and I think there's just um, a lot of optimism in in the freighter space. And and I have to admit, and a little plug here, but I'm really looking forward to. Um, October's Cargo Facts Symposium. And uh, if you haven't had a chance, go online and look at uh, some of the panels that uh, are being put together. But uh, we're going to talk a lot more about that in San Diego. But uh, um, there's so much going on in our segment. Uh, one of the things that I was struck with, Jeff, that I uh, mentioned to you uh, in a side conversation was uh, uh, I would get the, the daily recaps from various sources on what happened. And uh, the very first day uh, on Monday, um, one of the, uh, the sources uh, listed eight uh, major events that they were recapping. And I noticed that of the eight, uh, three involved freighters. And I thought, isn't that a testimony to the importance and significance uh, of the air cargo market, including freighters at, uh, at the to the industry and uh, how far we've come and uh, the prominence that it will continue to play. So uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, Cargo Facts Symposium coming up and and uh, what's planned for there where we can discuss with the, uh, the operators and, and suppliers and uh, interested uh, parties uh, some of these developments. Um, so a lot going on, uh, a lot to keep track of and uh, a lot to um, kind of forecast and, and anticipate in terms of trends. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and we do look forward to, to the industry coming together at Cargofax Symposium this October. That's all we have the time for today. To those of you listening, thank you for tuning into this episode of Cargofax Connect. For more multimedia content like this, check out cargofax.com and search Cargofax Connect on iTunes and Spotify. Join us again next time.